Blog Talk Radio. You're the king of an empire, and you rely on the slavery of your people to keep you rich and powerful. But you see your people waking up and starting to show dissent. What would you do if you wanted to stay in power? You would sure hope that they forget about it. You would want to distract them, or even better, turn them against each other so that they forget about their original cause. The mainstream media, which we all know is in the business of maintaining the status quo, is doing a great job at doing just that. Advanced, progressive, urban, political talk radio. Politicians who are characterized more and more by legalized bribery and normalized corruption vis-a-vis that big money. By a corporate media that ensures that it's a culture of superficial spectacle but no serious public debate and public conversation for the issues that really matter for the future of the nation, but especially the future of the vast majority of the nation who are working class and poor. Or a serious discussion about drones that drop bombs on innocent peoples. Or increasing police powers that allow persons, Americans, to be assassinated without due process or judicial review. Death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is thy victory? This is The Alpha Show. Advanced. Progressive Urban Political Talk Radio on TruthWorks Network. There can be no mercy. There is but one rule. Hunt or be hunted. But one thing you can't deny. These people are sabotaging this economy. And people are sabotaging this country. This is awful. Hosting the best of pushback talk radio. And now, the man who's got their number. Alpha. Well, good evening, good evening, and welcome to another edition of the Alpha Show in the Truth Works Network, where the truth must be spoken more than once. Oh, another Friday evening, just story after story, lie after lie, disappointment after disappointment. Um. The Democrats have decided that um, the GOP revamp or 
a version of Medicare fix is good enough for them. Uh, we have breaking news of Harry Reid's not going to go anymore. That's a very, really a very um, positive thing for myself. I thought, and I do believe that he has been one of the sour notes on this entire administration when it comes to pushing through a progressive agenda. I've uh, repeatedly said that uh, the Democrats don't govern with the iron fist, but once they concede this power to Republicans, they will be fighting on the battlefield that is only set by Republicans as you will find when I get into this Medicare fix, because as always, it dumps the cost on those the least and the last who can afford it. But um, we had a plane, another plane go down. Another plane went down. This one, it took them a couple of days, but uh, everybody's pointing the finger at the pilot, or the co-pilot, if it were, as he locked the pilot out of the cockpit and um, simply went nuts. I mean, they say he's he wasn't talking. He wasn't breathing heavy. He was just as calm as he drove the plane into a 400-mile-an-hour rush into the mountainside, killing everyone on board. And now everybody's got their palms skyward, and they just don't know what happened. There's only the people and the loved ones that are grieving does this re-penetrate. Um, that's just the down, another downside of the news, another part of the news where you kind of wish you didn't have to face, cover, give it a name, either way. You didn't want to deal with it. And I can't blame you. To me, this is... Um, and the media, they won't help. <laughs> the media just beats it like a drum. It's like the top story every evening. But you really can't uh, blame them. That is a story that uh, sticks out and shouts, cover me, cover me. And they have really no choice to do it. Um, I came across a few stories, other stories. Uh, you know, disappointment. That's what it's called, disappointment. Get used to it. Here you have a young white boy, young white college boy. His face appears in the bus ride and the chant about the fraternity. And um, N-word this, N-word that. We'll never have an N-word. It's very frat, you know. And what he gets after some swift 
justice, if you call it, if you want to call it justice. He gets a bunch of how how can I safely describe these people? Because to be honest, um, I, I don't know exactly who they all are, and I've never heard of most of them. But how do you surround yourself? How do you surround this obvious bigot, this racist frat boy who really is only sorry that he got caught? And he's only sorry that he got caught because this will dim his job hopes and his future because he will always be known as the bow tie wearing white privileged fret boy with the racist champ. But he made the right move and he surrounded himself with house ninjas. And these house ninjas was all looking up at him and glowing and looking over at him and smiling. And when he was asked the most profound question of the entire press conference, who taught you that chant? He looked everybody in the face and said, well, we're not here to talk about who taught us that. That is the basic slap in every one of those Negroes' faces who gave him that platform, who surrounded him, who were there to co-sign and forgive, who was there to sing Kumbaya in a moment of that ain't good enough, white boy, and that's what it should have been. No one challenged him who stood around him. If you weren't going to expose the teachings, who taught you this? Who taught you that chant? Why would you even want to be there? Once again, even colored people searching for a peace, searching for the admiration of those who are guilty of some of the most of the most atrocious behavior. Let me call it. Let me say that. He won't tell you where he learned it from, but he'll stand in front of you and tell you how sorry he is. He's only sorry that he got caught. Now, I'll say it over and over and over. But um, that seems to be one of the downsides of this week and just unbelievable stories. The Republicans have passed their budget. That is nothing more than warmed over Ryan Romney. They are seeking to cut trillions of dollars in spending, even though it's already been cut by two-thirds. You see, you cannot, on their battlefield, you cannot wander down the highway of cut, 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 cut. And one of the most Telling. One of the most 
damning. Um, examples were the response that I got from Bernie Sanders. You're constantly looking to engage these austerity kings because all they want to do is cut. They don't want to do any. They don't want to help feed the poor. They don't want to do any of that. And somehow people on my side, on the progressive side, can't get the message through that these people have benefited in the last decade or two by the billions. And yet they still come out fierce and strong. From 2013 to 2015, the richest 14 Americans increased their net worth by more than $157 billion. Yet the Republican budget would not require these Americans to contribute one penny to deficit reduction. $157 billion in two years. And nothing's changed for their contributions to the American culture. I just want that to set in. And as you have the Republican budget looking for an extra $38 billion in defense spending, where is this money coming from? And why can't Democrats ask the same questions and stay on that question, who's paying for this? They're asking for $38 billion in increased defense spending while they're also asking to cut SNAP. They're asking to cut Social Security. They're looking to cut and block grant Medicaid. I'm at a loss here. I'm I'm at my wit's end when it comes to who in the hell has a microphone big enough to fight back on our side. We have a, we are afflicted with a group of people who won't vote, who won't stand up, who won't push back, who won't do anything but be lassoed, roped into a discussion about what Republicans want. And therein lies the problem. You have Elizabeth Warren out there. And she's yelling and screaming the populist message. And the banks are pissed. And the banks are threatening to withhold funding for the Democrats. What does that say to Democrats? And why is it that the Senate, the GOP Senate, passes the Republican House Budget. What happened to the filibuster? 
why can't we get 40 Democrats to stand and say no as opposed to capitulating and going along with this agenda? And in this case, yes, they are both the same. Rich men standing with rich men to squeeze the blood out of the rock that is class and poverty-stricken Americans. As the weeks go by, I become more and more disheartened that this is a winnable battle. I become more and more scratch my head because I don't believe just, I don't believe what happened. I don't believe what the hell is going on. And for me, it just seems to be an easy, an easy message to get out. But no one seems to want to do the working with the exception of just a few. Just a few people want to stand back and do what is necessary. Do what they have to do. And that troubles me. That troubles me and actually pisses me off to a point where I'm looking to simply say to hell with to hell with I need to get to a position where am I simply in this am I in a vacuum here? Am I just being pulled down the rabbit hole, I believe I am. I believe I am. I want you to listen to this. Cable news outlets are buzzing over a new conflict in the Middle East, but some of the biggest pro-war pimps might have a hidden agenda. New reports show that these pundits are being directly funded by the defense industry. Joining me now to talk about this story is Howard Nations. Howard, it's amazing to me. You watch these Sunday talk shows and you watch CNN and all these um, kind of I call them the media war pimps. Uh, and and there's no there's no notion that the the guy that's up there, the war hawk, that is selling let's go to war, whether it's ISIS, whether it's Iran, whether wherever it is, North Korea, whatever the war is of the day, we have no there's no disclosure that that war hawk. That guy up there in front of the camera with the media war pimp is actually working for the arms industry, the defense industry. No disclosure at all. What do you think about that? Well, you know, President Eisenhower very wisely warned about the military-industrial complex. Now we have an addition to that. Now we have the, the military and media-industrial complex where we have retired generals and politicians who are filling the airways with pressure for war the problem is that they're presented as policy experts without disclosing any of the conflicts that you're talking about. Not only does the TV station, 
not or the the newspaper agency that's doing the interview, they don't disclose that that character that's up there, like Jack Keane, for example, really good example. Jack Keane, this general, this general, retired general, making a, a gazillions of dollars from the defense industry, going on CNN, and the buffoon that's asking the question uh, on CNN or whether it's a, wherever it is, ABC, CBS. The buffoons asking the question either, this is all I can conclude, they've either been told do not disclose that this retired general is now making a ton of money from the arms industry, or they don't have enough sense to ask the question. Which is it? Well, you know, Mike, there's been an interesting change of pace here. Back in 2008, there was an expose from the media, the New York Times, which identified a whole network of retired generals who were on the payroll of defense contractors who were e echoing Bush's ramp up in Iraq. Commentators like Jack Keane that you're talking about. Jack Keane is head of the Institute for the Study of War. That's backed by the largest, most profitable uh, defense contractors such as Raytheon, General Dynamics, Northrop Grumman, and others. It also employs neocons uh, Billy Cri Bill Crystal and, and uh, Liz Cheney. But in Keene, for example, and let's not miss that. Let's not miss that. Liz Cheney, understand? Yeah, old, cra old crazy Darth Vader, uh, crazy <laughs> man Cheney is on the news almost every day, beating, pounding the sound of war. You know, the same exactly. idiot, the same idiot that got us in knowingly and got us involved in Iraq, which has brought all of this problem with ISIS. It's created the ISIS movement. The same guy is back on CNN, and the, 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 the people asking the questions of him do not have enough damn sense to ask the right questions, or the people, the, they're, they're worried that Boeing and McDonnell Douglas and all these advertisers that are with them are going to get mad if they ask about his relationship with them. Well, neocons like Cheney never saw a war they didn't like. Um, what's happened, though, the New York Times, explain this to me. The New York Times, who did the, the expose, now bring, comes on with Keene and his ISW organization, and they rely on ISW for research. Since June, they've done six infographics in the New York Times that's made no, in, no mention of Keene's conflict and no mention of ISW's vested interest. So this is the, the great exposer has now become complicit. Mm -hmm. Well, I have, we can go on forever with these people. These are names to look out for. Jack Keene, General Jack right. Keene, if you see him, you know it's a plant by the industry. You know that the person asking the question, the, the journalist asking the question, either has been told do not disclose that he's making money from the industry, uh, or they don't have enough sense to ask the question. Let me give you another name: Francis Townsend, former British, uh, former excuse me, for, former Bush administration official. Uh, all just it, rolling in the dough, rolling in the money and the relationships with the arms industry. She's a regular on CNN, and I'd like if if you're watching, count how many times CNN ever asked the question. Well, Miss Townsend, don't you have a direct interest in this since you're making money from this? When you're telling us we have to go to war, I don't get it. I don't get. I mean, how? Do, but the problem is the average person doesn't know all this, do they? No, not at all. And Keen, for example, is an he is an advisor to academics 
which is the former Blackwater. He's a board member of General Dynamics, where he was paid $250,000 last year. Now, you go on down to uh, General Anthony Zinni, who is the biggest proponent among the military retired, who has asked for 10,000 boots on the ground to fight ISIS. He is also a board member of defense contractors. He works for private equity firms specializing in military investments. General James Mattis, who is in the Washington Post now. We're talking about the, the, the pinnacles of integrity in the media. Washington Post, the New York Times. They're criticizing Obama's decision. Mattis was criticizing Obama's decision to uh, not to employ troops uh, to fight ISIS. He serves on the board on the General Dynamics Board with, with General uh, Keene. No mention of that in the Post. So the Post, uh, the Post, uh, Wall Street Journal, uh, and, and the New York Times, CNN, they've all become complicit in this. And as you say, they're not asking the questions. Well, there's reason for it. Lee Fong uh, just does a great job d doing a, uh, a, a a story that lays all this out. He's always somebody that you can count on. I always urge people to read what Lee Fong writes about stories like this. But the, the, Lee Fong is, is unequivocal at the fact, the unequivocal of the statement and the story that the media knows exactly what they're doing, just like they knew in when they had all these war pimps show up for, uh, for, for Iraq. They... <laughs> Absolutely. And as the drum beats for war, you have Yemen that has fallen. Saudi Arabia is now bombing Yemen with the blessing of the United States and the logistic support of the United States. The war is beginning to spread in the Middle East, and we are right there in the pickup. The belief that somehow bombing Iran, boots on the ground, is nothing more than an orchestrated shock doctrine moment. As you have the war hawks on the right criticizing endlessly, daily, by the dozens of how feckless, how leading from behind the president is. And for a man who has absolutely a putty, noodle-like backbone to stand up not just for himself but for the American people when it comes to fighting off the war mongers. Is, is, in, in my eyes, there's nothing. After re-electing Benjamin Netanyahu, there's nothing Israel can do to fall back into good graces. And when people want to separate the Israeli nation from their leader, there is no separation. You voted him back in. And I still think that it was a fatal flaw for the Democrats to threaten to cut off aid to Israel if Netanyahu was reelected because he is so undermined and continues 
to undermine national talk of nuclear restraint rather than all-out war. The media is the fourth arm of government, and they are a puppet for the right. They raise the issues. They raise the questions. Their only concern seems to be what the military-industrial complex wants, and that's war. It's easy. It's an easy read when the lack of pushback is so great that they simply have this walk-in-the-park mentality where they can just walk right up front and drop it. 914-338-1610. If you want to get in, if you want to chime in, if you want to speak on it. Now, let me say this. Uh, oh, I do. I have a couple of callers on the board. But let me say this. We're going to keep this short and sweet. 954-954, welcome to the Alpo Show. Thank you for calling True Force Network. Well, Brother Sensei, don't ask me to keep this short and sweet. But first, the military complex that Eisenhower warned us about and this other cat that warned us about the, mili- the uh, generalistic complex. What's the point in speaking on it? You're in a position where you can have done something about it. It's just like Ben Ward in New York talking about it's going to be a long, hot summer who was the acting jack police commissioner back then. But first, before I get into it, I'm going to try and concise all of this. I want to give Sister Janice uh, definitely uh, respect in relation to Dr. Ben. But what wasn't mentioned about his trips to Egypt, I met Dr. Ben Doc, and Hendrick Clark and Ivan Van Sertima, you know, years ago. And my last experience with Dr. Ben was uh, Los Angeles, California, after he used to do the trips to Egypt to, to marry. And uh, I missed going to the one. That was the same year when uh, Brother Harold Washington, first black African-American mayor of Chicago, and he had died. And that was when he had that trip to Egypt. But anyway, we hooked up in uh, Los Angeles. And he always supported black businesses. And the brother could speak six languages fluently that I'm aware of. And um, we went to Aunt Kizzy's back porch, had a meal, and then we went down to this hotel in Long Beach, which was owned by an Egyptian. And then we had our little uh, seminar there. So with that, I just want to also mention that the um, these movies that are coming out and to address the evils and the karmic debt of Africans and Europeans in the slave trade and where we're going today with why we are in the predicament that we are in as not only as a people, but as a country and as a nation because Christianity, democracy, and capitalism has done more to destroy this earth as we know it in these systems. And what Hollywood is starting to do right now they're creating these religious movies. There's one called, I believe, which we should go see. I have a problem with part of the scene in there against the firemen and the Afghan veterans, the brother that served in Afghan, or Latin brother, and his uh, brother-in-law. And then I sent you a link about PK, right? Now, what these movies are, 
They're starting to bring them out for this spring and the summer. Christianity needs all the help it can get right now, man, you know, as far as uh, validity and its worth and its reality in the world, you know. And uh, March 25th was the massacre of the uh, My Lai Massacre with Lieutenant Cali in Vietnam. They knew about the industrial war complex. And Vietnam was such a goddamn unpopular war, but yet it lasted, what, 15 years? And at the same time, the uh, Afghanistan, Desert Storm, Desert Shield. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I'm having uh, yeah, adjustment troubles here. Kind of okay. No, we're all right. We're all right. Okay. But anyway, um, they're bringing this out, and... I want to talk about Africa, because I spent time in Africa. And they, if there's a karmic debt, and what you shall show, you shall reap. The evil of Africans, along with Europeans, when it comes down to slavery and having that whole thing transpired into what has come into North America, South America, and the Caribbean back in that time, of whites in America and the world, and the evil that this is why Africa is hurting today. This is a, realistically a comic debt and a testimony of the evil that our own people have put us into this madness. And, you know, you look at stuff like the, uh, Negro, the Negro book, the book of Negro, Bell, right, which talks about and, and, well, the Book of Nichols is basically kind of like Roots, you know? And Bell was basically about a black woman born in the wedlock by a white father who acquired wealth in England. You're talking about, um, what's, that, what's that term that Tim Wise always used for white folks? Um, uh, um, damn, excuse me. I can't even believe I can't remember it, man. But anyway, um, privilege. Yeah, white privilege. But when you see these movies now, and we got to start questioning ourselves, man, what the hell are we really about in this country and in this world? And we talked about prosperity preaching. Well, you mentioned it last week anyway, you know, about these cats getting jets, you know, like these jets that they're getting, these corporate jets that they're getting. That hasn't launched us forward in any way, shape, or means, man. You know, and you look at the airline industry, and some cat now all of a sudden they lock the door on their own co-pilots or first officers or whatever's going on. And this is civilian traveling, man. I never had to deal yeah. with that in a uh, cargo, you know. I understand. As, as, uh, I understand. But what I want to bring to the point with us. Hollywood's projecting all these movies now coming in the spring and the summer about religion. And all these guys that you're thinking that should be speaking on these things, it don't matter if they speak on it. It's going to take action because if that's the case, why don't they teach us to go over there and speak and debate about the wars? You look at Israel right now, man. They are surrounded by the Middle East. Now, they got the Saudis like they did the Pakis and the Indians against themselves. If the Middle East was to converge on Israel, 
that ever whoever got off the first shot, you know, it would be devastation on both sides. But if the Middle East was to converge on that little-ass Israel, they wouldn't have a chance, man. That's the reality. Vietnam proved that, you know, some people have been fighting these people for thousands of ye- for a thousand years at least, from the Japanese, Chinese, the Europeans, and then the Americans. The Afghan people have been fighting that shit for just as many decades, centuries, as as uh, Southeast Asians, when it was all Asia Minor, Asia Major. So for them, Israel is what apartheid is. To- in the 50s and the 60s for us here. Yeah, well, that's what I pointed out last week, that Israel now is the newest apartheid nation, and they've been the apartheid nation for decades. And, you know, like well, I said, we uh, we can't stray into the the, back, the backdrop in the, in the history on all of on the Middle East and all of that. And, you know, I, I know that... Um, you you are a wealth of you know information on that end, but uh, what I'm trying to do is trying to keep this centered. And when I say keep it centered, I mean let's keep this centered but, but it, on it's the situation. Hard to keep that centered because that situation spills over into what we get: police immunity, the same mindset for them to create wars and to go over and rape, pillage, and burn, and take over these other countries, you know, they apply right here. And when they can get away with this crap with us in the United States, the rest of the people that's got any damn sense left in their heads realize it's coming after them, you know? Well, you have so to they, understand, too, this is what propaganda does. Listen, we are the manipulated. We are the what? manipulated. We are the manipulated, but we are the masters of the people. And if this is the case, then we need to not. It took them, what, 15 years for the Vietnam War to finally end after all that protest and Kent State and all that bullshit that went down? There's, and yeah. the Black Panther Party and, and all of that, man? It took them There's that long. There's nobody protesting. They're not protesting these wars. They're not. The people, the masses are not. Objecting to the 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 road that's being carved out for we as a people, we are the masses, but we are the silent masses because propaganda is winning the day, lies and manipulation is winning the day. If and you don't if go we to have work, to understand brother, if you don't go to work and support this machinery, it could be the same way done in the U.S. Armed Forces. You know, it's called standing down. Guys got flat. But they're not going to stand down. You know? Around well, it, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying at all. But I'm just simply saying this is not. We we understand, and I agree with you, that this is something that should be done. But it's not happening. We seem to well, have, have I gone the other way. It's not happening. I can see why it's not happening because of the lies and the distractions. But yet at the same time, this is where the, the, the thing's going to hit this country the hardest, man. You can't have all of this lies and distractions and then at the same time promote violence and war and criminality 
and at the, you know, and, and the same thing, occupy the I same reality. You know, eventually it's going to come back to haunt, and now you got the realities of these kids killing their parents. You know, well, no respect for downside. That is the downside, and this is the same side that if we choose to lay down our guns to fight for this crap, this will come to an end. It will come to an end. Just like now, how are we going to make being accountable for uh, who we control in the police in our communities right now? I know how it can be done. The weak job of the Justice Department and the weak reports that we're getting from the Justice Department, it's a deck that's stacked against us. So, Rondé, I got a, I got a, two more calls on the board. I want to take these All two right, calls. Brother. Well, mahalo anyway. All right. Take care, brother. All, All right. right. Take care. All right. Brother Rondé. Brother is right. I, I don't disagree at all with what Rondé is saying when he comes to the just the pushback. There is no pushback. We are manipulated. We are victims of propaganda and we seem to be turning in circles and with our palms up and facing the sky and as if we don't know what the hell to do. But when you look at the reality of it, it's nothing more than people who say they're on our side and they sell us out each and every time. 914-338-1610. 405 405 Thank you for calling the Alpha Hotel. Welcome to True Force Network. Well, good evening, Alpha. How you doing? Oh, I'm from the dark down. How you doing, man? Good to hear from you. <laughs> I'm rolling with the punches, Alpha. I'm, I'm doing okay, though. I'm Recovering great out here, you know, in spite of it all uh, in Oklahoma, man. Man. But I tell you I what, Arondi, you know, Orandi uh, is right. And uh, I was in your chat room, but my, I got my computer kicked me out. I'll get back in there. I'd like to say hello to everyone in the chat room. I'd like to say hello to Janice and TruthWorks and uh, India and all everybody that's in there, Alpha. But... Let me get on back to the subject at hand here. You know, the let's talk about this incident with this kid at the uh, Oklahoma University, University of Oklahoma, and going to the church. You know, the Fairview Baptist Church. You know, I mean, we're, we're always apologists, acting as apologists when someone else does something that is, uh, you know, I mean, that's just against and egregious to our people, man. We we got to we got to call them in. We got to bring them into the church and uh, give them a platform, just like you said. When they ask him, well, where did you get this from? Oh, yeah, that's that's off. What you mean? What that's off limits? You know? Oh no, we're not going to discuss this. And you know, but this is a type of uh, of programming that has taken place over the years, Alpha, with our people. And, uh, I mean, we have, uh, I mean, look, look how they've done us. You know, they've taken, they, they t- 
took everything from us, our language, uh, our culture. Uh, so we're raised in the European, uh, uh, acculturated in European philosophy. Everything they teach us is European. We have no real black history when we was going to school. Uh, you know, so, well, really, you know, and then for a long time, they didn't even allow us to go to school. And then when they did, yeah. they segregated us out for and put us at the at the lowest end of the uh, scale as far as uh, giving you resources, books, good schools. Uh, you know, then we graduated from these schools, and then we went into the workforce, and then we were discriminated against, and class was not even allowed to uh, to be to be in these unions, although we had the skills uh, that we have brought with us from uh, our past and um, you know and then you look at how the how we progressed from farming to the industrial revolution and now we're into computer age and so we were always not you know we, we were not prepared to deal with the situation at hand and unless we take time to really analyze and study this system just like you said if you don't understand white supremacy, you know, racism and white supremacy, everything else you understand, like Neely Fuller said, will confuse you. And so our people are in a state of confusion. That's why this guy sitting out, you know, came to have the student come to the church and, and uh, you know, appease uh, certain people there. I wish I'd have known about the meeting. I would have been there, and I would have raised my voice, but I didn't know if they were even having the meeting there. But... Uh, Getting back to, uh, you know, what you're talking about tonight on the politics of it, you know, and what what uh, Rondi was saying, our people, I mean, it's, it's already too late, man. If we haven't uh, 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 realized what's going on by this late date and time in our history, in the history of this country, and seeing the uh, the present effects of past discrimination and uh, oppression uh, that is having on our families, as you know, our families have been are disintegrating, have been uh, subject to uh, you know a system of uh, of oppression to where uh, you know it was it's impossible to keep a family together. Over the years, they they just kept us kept us you know at the bottom purposely, and still are keeping us. Now, there's a few of us that showcase uh, folks that have uh, uh, achieved a measure of, quote, quote, success, but that's planned, too. Uh, If they say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, uh, you know, their water will be cut off, just like these ministers, Uh, you know, 65 million, 69 million for a plane, please. Uh, you know, and so, and that's another thing is the church. Uh, you know, the church has really changed since I was a kid coming up in church when you really had church, uh, you know, as far as uh, being sincere and trying to help one another back in those days. But now it's a big business. And just like everything else, government's a business. Our people and young people, that's a business, prison school to prison pipeline <clears throat> and uh the breakup of the family you take take all of that stuff and put it together and it's, it's just a lot of confusion and so when what what can you do when you're confused 
What, what, what well, do you we've expect? We've been confused a while. Exactly. Well, we have. We've been confused a while, and it, 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 it appears that we, we've lost our, our way when it comes to understanding what propaganda is. That's, I mean, to me, it's, it's, it's a simple, it's a simple uh, stretch. We, 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 we simply sit there in the face of propaganda and let it, let it flourish. We don't challenge it. And whatever they say is what is accepted. And we know that's the case through media. Yeah, that's but, we, though, the Alpha. That's we. You know, I mean, that's we. And we is is, 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 is is boiling down to a precious few, I hear, that really understands and that uh, trying to uh, deal with it. You know, the masses of our people don't even realize that, uh, that you know, what propaganda is. They're looking at these, uh, uh, you know, being programmed by television and radio and uh, media uh, to where uh, they're like walking zombies as it pertains to their perspective as to what's really going on. And that's been happening for a long, long, long time. And when you look at the uh, negative media that we have received as a people over the years and how we've been treated worldwide around the world, uh, you know, then you get a, a you can get a perspective as to uh, the depth and how deep this rabbit hole goes. And so our people are so busy trying to uh, survive, uh, you know, and live in this society. Uh, and the appeasement that they that they do get, and some relaxation that they think they're getting, is is uh, you know looking at uh, television and going to these shows and uh, sitting up in church and waiting on you know uh, Jesus to come back. And in the main and in the meantime, everything else around them is is, is going to hell, including the, the family, and falling apart. And so that's where we are. Our people are so. Uh, uh, programmed, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, they don't even realize it. So uh, how do you deal with that? You know, we, you know, Rondi was saying, you know, wake them up. You know, how are you going to wake up people up like that when you have well, no... <laughs> when they're not listening. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're programmed when not they're to listen. listen. <laughs> they're, they're programmed... They're programmed to tune your message out. If you come talking to them about what we're talking to them tonight, man, they'd look at you and say, oh, no, man, you, uh-uh, I don't want to hear that. You know, they don't have time for that. And so, uh, you know, it's just a job has been done on our people, um, Alpha, and, uh, you know, all the way to the to the White House. And the president, uh, this president, everybody calls him Obama. He doesn't get any respect anywhere. Uh, Netanyahu comes over here and and and, and basically gives him, his, you know, just disrespects him. Uh, Boehner and all of the rest of them are in cahoots with him, and uh, you know, so they take care of their own. And if you're not one of their own, and we're not believe it or not, some of us may think we belong, 
and that we're going to, you know, get along, go go along to get along. But you just wait and see what's going to happen, in, at, you know, in in the future. Uh, our our children are are, are at risk, um, and you know. So, what do you, what, what do we do, Alpha? What do we do? This is the media. Well, Look at the media that we have. This is our media here. I mean, this is this is this is our media, and we don't have the finances. Have that. We don't have the projection to do what we need to do, Alpha. Well, he seems to be the Jackie Robinson of the White House, and they it's simply walking on him, walking on him, and he seems to be very hesitant, if not afraid, to push back. You know, when they when they really get disrespectful, he hits them with a zinger or two, and that's it. Then he retreats back into the submissive position of taking. And that seems yeah, to be, but when you when he looks around to see who's going to back him up and see that there's no pushback and there's no backup, <laughs> you know, he realizes that he'll be out there on that limb by himself. Well, we ought to already be up in arms about what's taking place and what's been happening in this country. The Social Security is, is being that's going to be a, affect uh, the uh, people that are at the lower end of the economic scale. They're not aware of what's going on. They don't even understand what's happening to them and what's going to happen to them. And it's, and it's mm-hmm. not only uh, our people, but the poor. You know, it's this. And, and, and you know the yeah. you know the book "Behold a Pale Horse." Yeah, that's where we're and that's at. That's our trouble, and we don't we we are the masses, but we're the dumb masses. We don't seem to pay attention. So therefore, they can talk over our heads right in our right in front of our face. And and not and only that, what, Alfred, they, they've happened. got us so they've got us tracked so. Um, Closely, that they listen to every conversation and record it that we have. They're listening to what we're saying tonight, recording what we're saying tonight. So when they get ready to come for us, they can come for us and say, "Yeah, this is one that we need to do away with." You know, maybe I'm getting up during the senior years to where they may not want to fool with me. But uh, you know, and 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 I've had my career, so I can speak out somewhat. I'm not afraid of losing a job. But when you, uh, you know, when you look at it and see how uh, Big Brother is, uh, you know, has has tracked us to even even when I went to the bank, they know when I take uh, uh, my deposits out. They know when I went and made a, a, a large uh, deposit and took out some money, and they had to come to me and uh, get the teller to verify that it was really me, cause uh, you know. They said it wasn't the pattern, my pattern, to do what I had done. <laughs> you know, and then they claim that, well, we're doing this for your protection. Well, no, right. you're doing it because you're nosy and you're in my business. You want, you know, my spending habits. You know where I go. That 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 cell phone that we take with us and what we that we utilize tracks us, keeps. Yeah, I mean, they these big computers that they have, our emails are tracked. So they know exactly what your pattern is, Alpha. They know where you go, who you talk to, who your friends are. Look at Facebook. Everybody on Facebook put all their information out there, you know. So, uh, you know, when push gets to a shove, uh, you don't have to get the mark of the beast. You're already marked by the beast. Don't even recognize that the beast has marked you already. 
and that's the time of day that we're living in, Alpha. So, um, at least I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm out here in, in Oklahoma. I do have a little bit of uh, space. Let me put it that way. So, uh, and you know my property that I have, so I, I can survive. I'm trying to get it, get it together so that it'll be an enclave for my family to retreat to when 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 it's necessary to grow our food, to uh, to try to be as self-sufficient as we can, to try to get out of debt. That's what we need to be doing, so that we're not subject to uh, so much to the to the uh, uh, to what's going to happen here in the future. And uh, you know these 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 look at the look. Nobody went out and voted, Alpha. That's why we got what we have. If they came out in the same numbers that they had when 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 Barack Obama had gotten in, we could have put kept this off of us a little while longer. Well, you know, but no, that's, uh, we 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 was content, and uh, and now we've we've got what we've got. Anyway, Alpha, I'm just gonna <laughs> listen. I know you got other callers and so on and so forth, and you want us to be brief, so I'm gonna be brief. But I just ask our people to try to be prepared, to uh, you know, be aware of uh, your surroundings, and uh, try to uh, you know, just like I had a big uh, social uh, get together with my family. And at least we tried to uh, impact some of the young people there as to what's going on and what's really happening because they can see what's going on. They can see what's happening. Uh, you know, they, there's no jobs out here that's meaningful. You don't have any long-term uh, uh, employment like we we had. You know, you can't get a, a job and, and and go to a in a factory and work out of high school like we did in General Motors or or these factories that we used to work. Work in all that stuff is is gone. It's a whole new different environment, a whole new different world, a whole where it's it's the matrix, and so uh, that's where we are. We're we're in the matrix. With that, I'll leave you out, folks. It's been good talking to you. See you Great that you called. Huh? Glad to hear from you, Doc. Yeah, I'm doing fine, and I'm glad that you're doing well, also, Alpha. All right, you take care, man. Appreciate it. Same with you, buddy. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Brother Doc Don. Brother Doc Don is uh, a real trooper. <laughs> He's a real trooper. And uh, I want to be next to somebody in the foxholes, Brother Doc Don and Brother Arande. Uh I want to take a break. But like I said, there's a new there's a new board here, and not only is this new board got me confused, but it keeps me confused. I, I, I've typed in the search engine uh, for this board for promos. Uh, I come up with nothing, absolutely nothing. So I'll go with what I have. I'm back in a moment. Hello, I am Chauncey Vega. You may recognize my voice from Ring of Fire Radio with Mike Papantonio, the BBC, Sirius XM, or the Tom Hartman Radio Show. And you may have read some of my essays at places like Salon and Alternet. The Chauncey DeVega Show at TruthWorks Network, Mondays, 8 p.m. There's a recent survey, it's actually, I think, experimental psychology, public opinion research, where they asked white respondents about the criminal justice system. 
And they showed them data before and after, clearly indicating that the system is biased, deeply biased against African-Americans and African-American men in particular. And even when made aware of the information, these white respondents, this is across divides of party and ideology, were even more likely to support punitive measures by the criminal justice system, even knowing that they were unfair. The Chauncey DeVega Show at TruthWorks Network, Mondays, 8 p.m. I Declare Show is where we deal with the difficult, real raw, right now. If it's real raw right now, talk media. Come on, baby, say it with me. It can only be the I Declare Show. Talk soon. Join my friend and colleague on Blog Talk Radio every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. The I Declare Show with India Declare. Are you breathing oxygen in? Are you raising the energy up? Or are you bringing the energy down? There's no middle ground. It's your real, raw, and right now talk radio. I Declare Show, Tuesdays, 9 p.m. Blog Talk Radio. I Declare It. Dealing with the difficult, real, raw, right now. The I Declare Show, baby. Broadcast brave, bold, and black. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Each Saturday evening, 10 p.m., speaking truth to power and ourselves at our common ground. I'll be listening for you. Talk that matters. Speaking truth to power and ourselves. TruthWorks Network is the university on the air at Blog Talk Radio. We know what to do with radio. TruthWorks Network. Okay, take care. Goodbye. That's all now. That's one of my favorites. Welcome back. The conversations always argued. The positions were always on the wrong battlefield. And when it comes to the rich pretending to be for the middle class, you can find none better than the Democrats and Harry Reid. As Harry Reid seeks to step down, he's been the major enabler of Republican obstruction since 2009. You see, white men do not cross white men. And for we as a people to not understand, for we as a people who simply 
don't get it. We seem to have this 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 disconnect when it comes to whatever in the hell we need to do. We can't seem to get it to get it right. We seem to fall into a vacuum where there is just total utter chaos because we don't understand how or why. And when we don't understand how or why, we are simply lost. We are lost because we want to always refuse or somehow fall off into a debate of what we need to do. And I've gotten to a point where it's it's really wearing on me because I feel like I am the least of the intelligent voices. And if I see it, everybody should be able to see it. If I see it, it should be commonplace, common sense. And there really needs to be an awakening. And the direction that we seem to always miss, the door that we never... Well, it's it's interesting to know where this all originated. President Obama was first elected in 2008. He, of course, came to Washington. It's incredible. For me, it's just incredible the the amount and the the pretzel like contortions that we take as a people rather than just doing what we're supposed to do. And we as a people can't do what we're supposed to do because we're too busy and too easily distracted. You can't stand up to liars and misinformation with ignorance. And that's where we are. That's exactly where we are. The fight today is not for equal rights. It's not for civil rights anymore. It's for equal economic empowerment. All my life, I've been trying to answer one question. Where black folk in the make up about 25% of the world's population. And out of over $300 trillion worth of wealth, black folk own and control less than one half or 1% of the world's wealth. And it's not social integration, not civil rights that determines your opportunities, your equal opportunities, or your competitiveness. It's what you own and control in terms of viable resources. That's what determines what you're going to get in this world. 
Every social problem black people have can be traced back to our lack of business ownership. Because the people who run business run the world. Because white supremacy means just that. White supremacy. You might be the football player, but we own the team. You might be the basketball player, but we run the games. You might be the scientist and the doctor, but we control the hospital that you work for. Being a worker is not a path to prosperity. Being a worker is simply a path to more work. You know, it's about ownership of assets. And that's really the issue. That's an area where I think that whether we're talking media, whether we're talking sports, whether we're talking almost any uh, uh, music, almost anything that, that we as African Americans are involved in, we fall very short when it comes to an under, understanding ownership of assets. And that's where real wealth is created. And that's where real power is created. Every generation of black children are born into generational poverty. The reason for this is because for over half a century, our social and political leaders have made a relentless push for jobs when we should have made a relentless push for businesses. Instead of complaining about the economy, we should have built our own. We are where we are today because we have the entrepreneurial spirit has been taken away from us. It's time someone told the truth. It's time to wake up. It's time for 7 a.m. We're going to take this message around the world. It won't be easy. We're up against some incredibly big guns. They've got deep pockets and unlimited resources. But with your help, we're going to change everything. This will be your chance to help us get the message out. We've done the heavy lifting. Now you can contribute to our campaign. While the rest of the world is squandering their money on tennis shoes and rap stars, let's show them what we stand for. We're asking you to help add to our marketing fund for TV and mainstream advertising to promote the most important documentary of all time, because this is the first documentary ever that tells your story. The story of why you were born in a country where others have so much, and yet you've had to work with so little. They've tried to tell us that the problem is we don't have enough schools or we don't have enough churches, but the problem is we don't have enough money, and it's time we faced up to why. If you're tired of being told you just need to work harder, if you're tired of hearing excuses generation after generation, if you're black and broke, it's time to wake up. It's 7 a.m. Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Broadcasting Saturdays, 10 p.m. Brave, bold, 
Black, finding common ground in Black truth. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you each Saturday evening, 10 p.m., speaking truth to power and ourselves. Join me this week on Our Common Ground as we talk about the matter of white manness. From frat boys to police who brutalize and kill. The bad apple argument is not working. Well, good evening, Alpha. <laughs> Alpha, are you there? I guess that's the promo I can't find on my board. It's nowhere. It's nowhere on my board. And I'm glad you called with it. I just hijacked your studio. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's not I, what's before it and what's after it, because I've been searching for it since I came on the air an hour and 15 minutes ago. It's not on the board. And if I reflect it, no I'm looking at it. I'm on your board. I'm looking so at it. I'm on your board. Hey, I'm glad to played uh, a little bit of... Claude Anderson, and I can't say more than what Arande and and Doc Don had to say, and it was good to hear from both of them. Um, you know, the thing is that we have missed the window on most of what Claude Anderson um, is the guidance that he has given us. We're not in that kind of economic status anymore. So the opportunities that he talks about are simply not there. Uh, And it's so unfortunate. Um, And we're also competing all businesses are competing inside a global market, and that makes it even more difficult uh, for us to build uh, a black economic base. And what we've got to begin to start looking at, in my opinion, is how we absorbed his message and at the same time do some revision so that it fits in today's um, market. And at the same time I'm getting double feedback do here. Some revision. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you get for hijacking my studio. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know in many ways we've got to also examine the whole nature of what China means, the the Chinese economy means, 
the the offshoring of jobs from America into third world countries and China and Malaysia and now into Brazil and soon it will be into Cuba in terms of our competitive black business competitiveness. So I think that we probably ought to take a page out of what recent immigrants have done in order to build an economic base for themselves. And that is to start serving our own people. The notion that 70% of all of the food dollars and taxable consumer goods that are that are acquired in our community don't live in our community and have no interest in our community should be astounding, stunning, and deafening to us. And I'm talking about restaurants. I'm talking about corner stores. I'm talking about the lottery business in in all of the states. I'm talking about where our people spend their consumer dollars, which in many ways is misguided, but spent nonetheless. So, you know, I, I, I think that um, certainly is something that, we need to begin to talk about, and we need to talk about it in earnest. And and I hear you. I, I, I listened to you, and I thought uh, Alpha's trying to talk himself into a vacation. Uh, yeah. I got to tell you, I got to tell you, you know, it gets to a point where you see the just the, every week, it's like nobody's listening. Nobody hears the. I mean, I have a whole. I I I did some show prep this week, just a little. <laughs> and you know how I am with show prep. You call me on Thursday and ask me what I'm going to talk about on Friday, and I tell you I don't know because I don't know. But when it comes to this particular week. I had something prepared, and I just—I don't know if it's, if it even matters. And it's not this, you know, just chunk it all in and give up. It's—it's it's just a matter of realization. It, it, to me, it turns into a, a reality check. It turns into a reality check, and I'm getting—I'm moving closer and closer to a point where I'm saying, "Well, hell, let them cut Social Security. Let the." damn house burn up. All of these stupid people, the, the ignorant uh, hillbillies and the rednecks who put hate over their own best interests, who funnel their ignorance, and they are simply victims of the propaganda. Let the, let the, you know, when tornadoes rip through the South, I don't give a damn. And I didn't, it didn't used to happen. 
when you know when you have the the, the catastrophic situations with you know the hurricanes and the tornadoes and the, you know the droughts and the you know they they have totally seized control of democracy and of this nation, and it's only it's the it's the greedy, it's the rich, it's the white. White privilege yeah. has won. White privilege has won the day because black pride has taken a hiatus. <clears throat> well, I don't know if it's taken a hiatus or um, black pride is much more complex and difficult uh, in in this new era of of backstepping that America has taken on the issue of, not race, on the issue of black people in the era of Barack Obama. You see, one of the things, Alpha, and this is just so fundamental, one of the things that has occurred is these people woke up one day and they had a black, they had an African-American president and they said, what the hell? We got to do something about these these black people. This is this is way over the edge. And you had black people who woke up one day and said, "We got a black president, hallelujah!" And they walked down the street with their finger waving in the air over their head, and it was it was uh, uh, New Orleans party time. Well, I think that's a I, I think that's a, a myth in so many ways. I don't think that black people have walked away from seeing, uh, walked away from black issues um, because they don't care or because there is an African-American president. I think that black people have walked away because they see that even with an African-American president in the White House, it doesn't matter. They see the kind of disdain, disrespect, and hatefulness shown to this president, even if they have to give up the myth of the power and control of the presidency. They have chosen to do that. So the middle class and poor black people are saying, well, that's a message to us as well. So what is the answer? Is there an answer? You know, and I'm not trying to be the Olivia Pope of of the of America but we need to insist on some fixes you know it's it's like you can't make a pizza without pizza dough the pizza dough is the is the basic fundamental platform on which you build a pizza and i should stop talking about cooking food because I really don't know much about it. But Alpha, I, I think that people are perpetuating. Yeah, I think that people in many ways, you know, 
one of the things, too, Alpha, I say to you all the time, and I say to people in talk radio, that we do a lot more study. We pay a lot more attention to the detail of what is happening around us than the average person. We also apply the burden of knowledge and insight to what we see. Normal people don't do that. You are not normal, Alpha. Give up the notion. (laughs) Give up the notion that you are normal. And I think that what we suffer from is that there are not enough people who are not normal. Most people, uh, I I saw something on Facebook that was kind of funny today. A lady had her car parked, and it was booted. When she came out, they were putting the boot on. The man wouldn't wouldn't stop putting the boot on. He continued to put the boot on. And I was thinking to myself, Dag, the woman got in the car, backed out of the parking place where she was with the boot on the car, and kept it moving. And I was saying to myself that most people don't understand that that is probably a woman who is barely making enough to pay for the car and the car insurance. And so this boot becomes a terrible impediment to her trying to keep it together. Now, there is no one in the government who is going to say we should never boot people because many people who are trying to survive need their automobile in order to survive. So, you know, and then we wake up in the morning and we see these horrific things about people who are killing their kids and people who are committing suicide and people who are so depressed that they're standing naked in the middle of Times Square, we see those are we see those pieces of news and we don't connect the dots. We don't connect the dots between how our government has allowed regulation how our Congress has signed on the dotted line to legislation that allows multi-billion dollar corporations to call themselves Americans, but their businesses really are conducted overseas and they never pay a dime in taxes. And then they tell us they ain't got enough money. We don't have the exactly, money. and then they want thirty-eight billion more in defense spending. But where's the money coming from? We can find money for this, but we can't find money to support the need. Well, it's certainly and not I, coming from the one percenters. It's coming from blokes like you and me. Wait a minute. If you just call me a bloke, 
<laughs> but you know, you did, you did. You know, at the top of the show, you did a fantastic job of trying to lay it out. But you know, there are people who live down the street from you and me, who live down the street from India. There are people who are saying, "No, I'm trying to do all the right things, and nothing is changing." And there are people who are say, saying, we don't have the power to change it. And what we've got to on these radio microphones is to really look hard at the question of whether or not it can be changed or whether we're just going to simply be a country without democracy, a country without justice, a country that is simply a capitalist society which is which is 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 supported by fascism. Well that's another problem. There are too many people who don't know the definition of fascism. And they don't know the definition of racism and how it differs from bigotry and prejudice. And that's where we are. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and and, and we've got to have dialogue in our own community as to what our priorities are, whether or not we care about people calling us niggas and talking about and singing about they want to lynch us, or we care about how how multi-million dollar corporations operate in terms of the existing laws and hiring us or firing us or promoting us or educating our children. That's what we've well, got to decide. We're, we're, we're constantly depending on them to make decisions to move us forward. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because, you know, and Alpha, the thing is, thing is that we've got to somehow come to an understanding that it's easier to infiltrate, influence, and bring democracy to our school board than it is to the U.S. Congress. Those people are already bought and bossed. It's easier for me... It's easier for me to walk four blocks, house to house, and talk to the people who will open their doors about who is the representative for my district in the Massachusetts legislature or the the, uh, local alderman committee or whatever it is than it is to try to hit the 56 blocks to talk about who is our U.S. senator. You see, at some point, at some point, we've got to decide where we need to win the wars. Because when you begin to change the fabric of what you're doing in your local school system, then you begin to impact who goes to the state legislature and who goes to the U.S. Congress. We've got to really think that through. 
And you know, I ain't Creflo Dollar, so um, I'm not thinking that I'm going to be preaching. But the other part of your your challenge is that you really are you really are presenting to a class of graduates as opposed to a class of students because the students are not coming. Well, <laughs> I did wow. I was speaking with you. I did refresh my board, and I saw one of the. <laughs> oh yeah, you saw it now, huh? Well, uh, but well, here's, here's you know, Alpha, I want to tell you some something that I did uh, last night. I finally got a cassette player, and you know, I have a lot of my old shows on cassette, and I was listening. Uh, to a program that I did with Bob Law in New York. Um, and we were talking about the same thing in terms of black political leadership. The same things that we have been talking about on TruthWorks, uh, on the I Declare show, on Our Common Ground, in the last five years. And and I did that. Uh, actually, I was a guest on Bob Law's show and he and I talked for two hours. And that was in 1989. And we're still talking about it. Yeah. And I don't see it turning around. I don't see I don't see that anybody except for a very few who just yeah. may be reaching out. I've even tried to reach out to the to the younger generation, and I get a blank stare. It, it's like it's like it's so it's so complex that they don't even want to open mm-hmm. their mind. They don't they don't have time to listen. There are too many other mm-hmm. things that they lend priority to that are too pressing that they have in their daily lives. Janice, I want to get. Um, okay, thank you, Alpha. She didn't let me get rid of you, right? Ah. <laughs> I, I really thought. I really thought you had hit the mute button and forgot to turn it back on. Bye. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. Take care, Janice. Janice Graham, CEO of TruthWorks Network, our common ground of the history of the frustration that I'm just feeling. She is the quintessential teacher without a class to teach. Let me say this, um, and we spoke about this, but um, she's absolutely right, and here's the promo. Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Broadcasting Saturdays, 10 p.m., brave, bold, black, finding common ground in black truth. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening 
for you. Each Saturday evening, 10 p.m., speaking truth to power and ourselves. Join me this week on Our Common Ground as we talk about the matter of white manness. From frat boys to police who brutalize and kill. The bad apple argument is not working. That's tomorrow evening, 10 o'clock Eastern Time. Our common ground with the host, Janice Graham. Uh, I asked him who would be on with her. Um, Tommy Curry, Dr. Tommy Curry. And I'm, hopefully you'll tune into that because Dr. Tommy Curry is off the chain with his knowledge and his insight. So hopefully you'll join us tomorrow evening at our common ground. Tuesday evenings, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, it's India Declare, the I Declare show. So join India for the real raw and right now of the I Declare show. We've heard about the Republican budget. Many people haven't heard about the progressive budget that they never talk about, that they shy away from, that doesn't get the press that coincidentally is supported in polls by a majority of the American people. 71% of the American people want college more affordable. 71% of the American people college more affordable. 70% of the American people want an expansion and support the expansion, not the privatization of Social Security. 70% of the American people, 71% of the American people, God's program of infrastructure, expand Internet access, and to fund fund clean, renewable energy. If we fund clean, renewable energy, if we sink the dollars and subsidies that we do into oil, clean, renewable energy will get us away from fossil fuels. And that seems to be the problem in a nutshell, fossil fuels and the continuation of fossil fuels. We need to strike a difference in our priorities. 59% of the American people want us to raise taxes on the income takers of over a million dollars. If you make more than a million dollars, 
raise their damn taxes. It's not going to alter their lifestyle. It's not going to put them into a poverty situation. They won't miss a beat. And with all the money that has been shifted from the middle class to the top 2%, as Bernie Sanders says, not one penny is being asked of the corporations and the millionaires to fund the recovery nation. I don't care how you see it. I don't care how you look upon this nation. This is BS. This is bovine. You have to bring yourself to a realization that if we are going to continue down this path, it's going to take us into a dead end, a dead end of austerity, a dead end where a nation will cry, we don't have the money. The rich men, this is, this is how do you allow rich people to tell you, oh, we don't have enough money for that. Well, we got enough money for war. We got enough money to spend on the military industrial complex. We've got enough money for that. But we don't have enough money to feed children. We don't have enough money to care for the sick. Let's repeal every word of Obamacare, put it up by its roots. And that's what the Supreme Court is about to do is send the Affordable Care Act into a death spiral. The ruling that is everyone is wringing their hands over will come down sometime in the end of June, early July. And I am predicting that they will gut the Affordable Care Act and do what they did with the Voting Rights Act. They'll say, let Congress fix it, opening the door for the destruction of health care as thousands die and the ignorance of the thousands who are dying who will not go to the polls. There's just not enough voices telling you the one thing that they should be telling you. As we all know, and as the chairman indicated, the federal budget that we are working on is not an appropriations bill. It does not provide explicit funding for this or that agency or this or that program. What it does do is lay the foundation for that process and tells the Appropriation Committee through the 302A allocations the total amount of money that they have to spend. In other words, this budget is more than just a very long list of numbers. The federal budget is about our national priorities and about our values. It is about who we are as a nation and what we stand for. It is about how we assess the problems facing our country and how we resolve them. That is what our committee is undertaking, and it is a very, very serious responsibility. Let's be clear. No family, no business, no local or state government can responsibly write a budget without first understanding the problems and challenges that it faces. And that is even more true when we deal with a federal budget of some $4 trillion. 
dollars. As I examine the budget brought forth by the Republicans in the House and here in the Senate, this is how I see their analysis of the problems facing our country. At a time of massive wealth and income inequality, my Republican colleagues apparently believe that the richest people in this country need to be made even richer. It is apparently not good enough that 99% of all new income today is going to the top 1%. It is not good enough that the top one-tenth of 1% today own almost as much wealth as the bottom 90%. Just not good enough. Clearly, in the eyes of many Republicans, the wealthy and the powerful need more help. Not only should they not be asked to pay more in taxes, my Republican colleagues believe that we should cut tax rates for millionaires and billionaires. It is not good enough that corporate America is enjoying record-breaking profits and that the CEOs of large corporations earn some 290 times more than what their average employees earn. It is apparently not good enough that since 1985, the top one-tenth of 1% 1 has seen a more than $8 trillion increase in its wealth than what they would have had if wealth inequality had stayed at the same level that it was in 1985. An $8 trillion increase in wealth for the top one-tenth of 1%. 1 but for many of my Republican colleagues, just not good enough. Meanwhile, as I understand the Republican view of our country, as manifested in the House and Senate budgets, it appears that millions of middle class and working families, people who are working longer hours for lower wages, people who have seen significant declines in their standard of living over the last 40 years, these people apparently do not need our help. Rather, they need to see a major reduction in federal programs that make their lives and the lives of their children a little bit better. At a time when we have over 45 million Americans living in poverty, more than almost any time in the modern history of this country, my Republican colleagues think that we should increase that number by cutting the earned income tax credit, affordable housing, and Medicaid. At a time when almost 20% of our children live in poverty, the highest rate of childhood poverty in the industrialized world, my Republican colleagues think that maybe we should raise the childhood poverty rate a little bit higher by cutting childcare, by cutting Head Start, by cutting the child tax credit, and by cutting nutrition programs for hungry children. To summarize, the rich get much richer, and the Republicans think they need more help. The middle class and working families of this country become poorer, and the Republicans think we need to cut programs they desperately need. Frankly, that may be the priorities of some people in this room, but I do not believe that these are the priorities of the American people. Mr. Chairman, Today, the United States remains the only industrialized country on Earth that does not guarantee health care to all of its people. 
We have about 40 million Americans who lack health insurance and millions more, as we all know, who are underinsured. Well, apparently that is not good enough for my Republican colleagues. They want to abolish the Affordable Care Act and take away the health insurance of some 16 million Americans who have gained insurance through that program. In other words, instead of having 40 million people uninsured, we would have 56 million people without health insurance. And then if you include the cuts in Medicaid that they propose for some of the most vulnerable families in America, that number goes even higher. Further, when you make massive cuts in Medicaid, you also cut the nursing home care for seniors, perhaps the most vulnerable and helpless people in our country. Is that really what we are about as a nation? I've talked a little bit about the devastating impact that the House and Senate Republican budgets would have on the American people, but equally important is what these budgets do not do, the serious problems they do not address. Poll after poll tells us that the issue that the American people are most concerned about is jobs, wages, and the economy. That's what the American people are mostly concerned about, and for good reasons. Despite a significant improvement in the economy over the last six years since President Obama has been in office, real unemployment today is not the official 5.5%, it is 11%. Youth unemployment is over 17%, and African-American youth unemployment is much higher than that. What the American people want and what the Republican budget ignores is the need to create millions of decent-paying jobs. And in my view and in the view of economists all over this country, the fastest way to do that is to rebuild our crumbling infrastructure, our roads, bridges, water systems, wastewater plants, airports, dams, levees, and rural broadband. According to the American Society of Civil Engineers, we need to invest over $3 trillion by the year 2020 in our infrastructure. At a time when millions of Americans are working for starvation wages and when the federal minimum wage remains an abysmal seven and a quarter an hour, we need a budget that substantially increases wages for low-income and middle-income workers. We also need pay equity in this country so that women do not make 78 cents on the dollar compared to men who do the same work. Further, we need to address the overtime scandal in this country in which many of our people are working 50 or 60 hours a week and are not getting time and a half. Those are the issues that the American people are concerned about. In Vermont and across this country, unfortunately, the Republican budget refuses to address these issues of enormous consequence. I can tell you that in Vermont, and I suspect every state that we represent, young people and their families are enormously frustrated by the high cost of college education and the horrendously oppressive student debt that many of them leave school with. In fact, student debt today at $1.2 trillion is the second largest category of debt in this country, more than credit card debt and auto loan debt. Does the Republican budget do anything to lower interest rates on student debt? In fact, their budget would make a bad situation even worse. Does the Republican budget support President Obama's initiative to make two years of community college free or any other effort to make college more affordable? Sadly, it does not. But what it does do 
has cut $90 billion in Pell Grants over a 10-year period. Mr. Chairman, my Republican colleagues are concerned about the deficit, which, by the way, has been reduced by more than two-thirds in the last six years. Every member on this side of the aisle is also concerned about the deficit. My Republican friends are concerned about an $18 trillion national debt. We are concerned about an $18 trillion national debt. But what many of us recognize is, is that one reason in recent years that debt has gone up is we went into two wars and we forgot to pay for them. We created an insurance-written Medicare Part D insurance program, forgot to pay for that. And we provided huge tax breaks for the wealthiest people in this country, didn't offset it. Mr. President, the high Mr. Chairman, the high national debt is an issue that we are also concerned about. But where we disagree is how you address the deficit and the debt. What we believe is that from a moral perspective and an economic perspective, you do not balance the budget on the backs of the elderly, the children, the sick and the poor, and then give tax breaks to the rich and large corporations. Today, major corporation after major corporation pays in a given year zero, zero in federal income taxes. According to a recent report from the Congressional Research Service, each and every year, profitable corporations are avoiding about $100 billion in taxes by stashing their profits in the Cayman Islands and other offshore tax ha havens. In 1952, corporations contributed about 32% of all federal revenue. To today, that number is about 11%. In terms of individual tax rates, we have the absurd situation where hedge fund managers who make hundreds of millions of dollars a year pay an effective tax rate lower than a truck driver or a nurse. Do you think anybody in America thinks that makes sense? And the last point that I want to make is that the best way we can do a budget, an effective budget, is to move to a full employment economy with jobs that are paying workers a living wage. When we do that, by investing in infrastructure, by investing in education, by investing in research and development, we not only improve the lives of millions of our people, we also take a major step forward in lowering the deficit and lowering the national debt. Because when people are working at decent paying jobs, they are paying taxes. When they pay taxes and we increase revenue, we lower the national debt. So, uh, Mr. Chairman, thank you. Senator Bernie Sanders. That is a message. That is worth repeating. That is a message that the American people resonate with, but we can't get enough people who call themselves Democrats for the middle class to advocate on our behalf, and that is our problem. College should be free as it is in socialist nations like Sweden, Norway, Denmark, Switzerland, Cuba. We should raise the minimum wage. We should get rid of and repeal the sequester. Damn repealing the Affordable Care Act 
We need to repeal the sequester. I want to thank Arande. I want to thank Janice for their calls. And I want to say to each and every one of you, look no further than in your mirror. We can't change it alone. When injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. Ratings are more important than the truth. Our government builds twice as many prisons and schools. It's easier to find a Big Mac than an apple. And when you find the apple, it's been genetically processed and modified. Presidents lie. Politicians trick us. Race is still an issue. And so is religion. Your God doesn't exist. My God does, and he is all-loving. If you disagree with me, I'll kill you. Or even worse, argue you to death. 92% of songs on the radio are about sex. Kids don't play tag, they play twerk videos. The average person watches five hours of television a day, and it's more violence on the screen than ever before. Technology has given us everything we could ever want, and at the same time, stolen everything we really need. Pride is at an all-time high, humility an all-time low. Everybody knows everything, everybody's going somewhere, ignoring someone, blaming somebody. Not many human beings left anymore, a lot of human doings, plenty of human lingerings in the past. Until next week, people, I guess it will get a little more interesting. The nation is in a quandary. It's a mess. You've been listening to The Alpha Show. Join us next Friday night, 10 p.m. Alpha will lay it out. It's just damn politics. Thank you for joining us at TruthWorks Network, The Alpha Show. TruthWorks presents The Alpha Show. Each Friday, 10 p.m. It's Fire in the Belly Friday at TruthWorks Network. Bring your own rocks. The best. A political pushback. Just damn. Don't say so very much what it used to be. There's so much.